What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Modern Guilt. Sorry for the wait. Uh, if any of you were waiting and actually cared, I think it's been nearly two weeks since our last episode dropped, but we've been waylaid by holiday season fuckery and distraction. But now we, we are back. We're about to do um, two, two pods in three days because we have to get out our weekly podcast and then the bonus podcast that uh, uh, we're giving our Patreon subscribers. Um, so shout out to those of you who have uh, actually followed through with that and chosen to support Modern Guilt with some of your hard-earned or maybe not so hard-earned USDs. So that's nice. Um, actually, should we should we give a little shout out to the, the, the guy that... Uh, maybe, no, maybe we shouldn't violate his privacy. Uh, that's a, that's a Yeah, you're right, honest. actually. Yeah. Privacy is safe. We won't tell your employer. <laughs> <laughs> that's um. That's actually yeah. Maybe that is somewhat incriminating. I mean, at some point, I'm sure it will be. Yeah, yeah. a sure sign of depravity in your employee if they're listening to Modern Guilt. But that's okay. <laughs> so this is episode 28. We're gonna be discussing North Korea, um, and more specifically, North Korean resistance and dissidents and the the sort of like fugue uh, online resistance network of people around the world who are trying to undermine North Korea from a distance. And then a few other other little things. I'm going to talk about men. I'm going to talk about men, specifically feminine men, I believe. Um, so shout out. Feminine men and old white guys. So mm. shout out to any of you. Yeah, are, any white people listening. Categories. Thank you. <laughs> but before we get into all of that shit, uh, we just want to give another thanks and shout out to um, our guest that we had on for the last episode, Rod, uh, because our episode, which has been like a GameStop deep dive, like a, on, a, on a financial tip, has um, been our most played episode so far. And Rod has done a sick job of like helping us share it around and stuff. We've gotten a lot of really positive feedback. Um, so we just wanted to acknowledge and thank you guys for listening to that episode and say that we're going to pivot a little bit more um, to make sure that we include more like finance content. We're going to try and get on some other um, interesting, interesting like stock analysts or just sort of finance people um, in general. Mm. And um, we're going to try and see if we can maybe uh, sprinkle a little bit of the same magic dust that we did for that episode uh to just you know give the people what they need absolutely yeah should we cool now we can we can <laughs> skip over um gamestop updates i suppose um yeah no no no. i mean you're either following it or you're not um and as much as i would like to make a gamestop podcast i don't think it's uh yeah, yeah. I don't think we're... That's, that's, that's a good point, <laughs> the actually. The demand's going to be real fucking <laughs> weird on that one. <laughs> yeah. Just the 1,700 bullish people on Twitter <laughs> and stock quits. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would actually be like... Yeah, we're already all chatting anyway, so, you know, um, we don't need our own podcast for GameStop. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, though, we just need you know, doing a GameStop podcast, if we did want to castrate ourselves and jump into that world would probably be like so much more successful than what we already do but um yeah it would also probably kill well, my soul so i'm not 
trying to yeah, do that. Yeah, I need sleep, man. I fucking I'm dying at the moment. You know, like <laughs> having to wait till three thirty in the morning for market to open is killing me slowly. I don't know how anyone can like trade American big fat American stocks from this part of the world mm. and not go absolutely fucking mental from sleep deprivation. Yeah, just to cl- so. just to clarify for the listeners. Damon is based in New Zealand and I'm in Australia. So, you know, for us to to try and do any trading um, while the markets are open requires us to be awake in the little hours of the morning, which can be a bit crushing. But hey, you know, we um, we reap what we sow. We made our bed. Now we lay in it. Yeah. What, what else are you going to do anyway? Right. Like I'd rather be here waiting for market open than uh, holidaying around New Zealand with all the other... Uh, New Zealand festive types. No, I agree. No offense to any New Zealand <laughs> festive type listeners, but I agree with that. It's fucking disgusting here over the New Year's period, so fail. Mm. So let's get into it. Um, you want to talk about Sweet feminine man. men first, or should I talk about North Korea? Yeah, sure. So I was like, like I do all my, how I do all my good um, due diligence on what to talk about. I was browsing Twitter. And someone had shared this GQ article from 2018 uh, talking about how sperm counts have been falling over the last four decades. Um, And so I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Give it a read. And it's talking about how effectively men are becoming less male and slowly more female. So the article opens with this like fact that 50% our our sperm counts are 50% less than what they were four decades ago. So, and male infertility is one of the, is like skyrocketing at the moment, basically. Um, and it's largely, you know, prior to people finding out what it was about, was coming out of nowhere. And it was just sort of like, well, you know, what the hell? All of a sudden, you know, it's, it's a weird issue because it's a lot of people crying about how men are becoming less male, a bunch of fucking pansies. Um, it's kind of like some weird boomer thing that we hear about, you know, that you hear uh, grumpy old men complaining about all the time. But as it turns out, men actually are losing a significant amount of their sperm and actually um, slowly exhibiting more signs of uh, femininity based on this GQ article. Is is there um, apparently like an observed drop in testosterone levels across the board as well? Or Yeah, it is. It's fucking wild, man. So... I'll, like I'll just sum summarize the GQ article. So basically, like there's this decline in sperm rates that's accelerating, and this other measure of maleness, um, which is the distance between your asshole and your balls or something, is like <laughs> becoming smaller and smaller. That's so good. <laughs> I know it's real bizarre, but apparently, if you have like a really, if you if like the gap between your <laughs> testicles and where you shit is like long then you're like more of a man that's so fascinating it's funny how science has deduced what makes a man and yeah it's just like that one simple that's fact. outstanding um <laughs> they call it the anogenital distance distance between the anus and the genitals has been shrinking which is a you know a sign that uh yeah we're becoming more female we're eventually just gonna a, start uh, shitting out of our ball sacks yeah yeah it's just gonna be one testicle anus um so these Shorter anogenital distances means that men are seven times more likely, like the smaller it gets, um, you know, if it's small enough, you're seven times more likely to be subfertile or infertile and have a really small penis and a pair of crappy balls. Wow. So I know. Right? I didn't realize as um, well. And that... this is like a widespread issue as well. It's not just mm. some. 
some things here and there. I didn't realize as well that like penis size was potentially linked to like testosterone levels. They didn't tell you, hey, how fucked is that? Yeah, Isn't that obnoxious? That's yeah, really... Science always tried to say that it didn't matter, but it does. Fucking does. Yeah. How fascinating. Yeah. So care about the size of your steeple. But uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, a lot of this, as it turns out, is occurring in the womb. Um, and that's partially where this testicular dysgenesis uh, syndrome is occurring, which is from... They say, like, there's some pretty classic symptoms that are, sorry, not symptoms, but, but things that are causing um, the widespread outbreak of more effeminate men, which is, like, smoking, obesity, and, and sort of, like, crappy diets and, and all that sort of stuff, mm. and, and stress, you know? So it's, like, generally, like, modern living is killing males. Yeah, right. All of this is so funny to me, because it's just, like... It sounds like the most alt-right fucking yeah, article right. that I can imagine <laughs> so being good. written. <laughs> yeah. But, man, this is... It, it. They actually have found that there's these compounds um, that make up, like, a large part of uh, sort of how we package food that are called endocrine um, blockers. And these endo or endocrine uh, mimickers or some shit. And anyway, what they effectively do is that they bind um to something in your body and it releases more estrogen and so these chemicals that we're all ingesting like fairly frequently um my old man's a toxicologist so i told him this story over christmas because you know he was sick of listening to me talk about gamestop yeah and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like wanted to like politely change the subject to something else so what else you've been doing um so I started telling him about this like story that I'd read. Um, and he was saying like, oh yeah, that stuff's everywhere, you know, like in your cans of tuna that you eat and, and the lighting on that has all these endocrine blockers. It's a really big issue. It's uh, pretty widespread across every bit of packaging. And I was just like, fuck, you know? Um, so all of this shit that we're eating and consuming on like a fucking daily basis is effectively leading to this like widespread issue of less maleness and it's not only humans it's like animals as well so there's a ted talk that was done you know after i told my dad and my sister chimed in and um showed me this ted talk on a it's called like the shrinking alligator penis um and it's like fucking happening to animals as well that their dicks are effectively starting to disappear oh my because of these endocrine God, um blockers or inhibitors or exacerbators or whatever the fuck they are um are so widespread in our pollutants that it's also killing maleness across like the animal species jesus uh, so they think it could potentially lead to some sort of fucking extinction type event like like have you seen the movie children of yes men? i have i was thinking about that earlier it's like a reverse um scenario of children of men um that's no, no, no. It is. It is children of men. Oh well, no. Right? But I think in children. Oh wait, of men, was it woman? Yeah, in children of the... men, it was woman who had become infertile. But I mean, it's basically the same oh, thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Rever oh, my bad. I haven't seen it in a while. But okay. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, it's these. Yeah, I guess it is. It's like um, this complete backwards of uh, children of men, and it's like legit happening to everyone. It made me really sketchy, yeah, because you know I had my like semen tested not too long ago um like in the last couple of years or something and it, i think it came out okay yeah yeah uh but at the same time you know i i don't know man i want to fucking get it double checked 
off the back of this entire thing. And, oh, and I don't Tesla blame you. Shit. Yeah. Um, it's, mm. it's so... F- it's a weird personal fact. <laughs> the <pod. laughs> uh, hey, the, the pod is just like a part of our bodies, dude. It's, it's impossible to yeah. extricate um, ourselves from it. So don't even try. Yeah. That's not something that I do for fun, if anybody is wondering. I was like looking at being a sperm donor at one point. Hey, you can do that for anyway. fun, dude. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I have a little more ammo when I'm fucking shit posting online. Yeah. Imagine like um, yeah. getting off on like having your sperm tested. So like you just cruise around the city to different sperm labs or whatever and just like you find a place where the nurse is like attractive enough for you to want to masturbate over and then you like get to get off on just like in the next room. You're like, there, there you go. Well... With the advent of like good internet, um, they don't even let you, they don't even have booths or like magazines for you anymore. So they just tell you to go home and like, you know, jerk off into a cup and then bring it back in. Um, mm. So yeah, modern times. But yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I figured, um, you know, that has like some really interesting implications, eh? Like across the board of, you know, it, it's such a fucking touchy subject. That yeah addressing it policy wise would just be a nightmare like you know how are we going to raise test levels in men <laughs> you know do you think that and like you met- fuck doing that nowadays <laughs> yeah exactly you mentioned something before which i think is like sort of like problematic about trying to discuss this but you basically said that the whole subject this whole topic sounds like some sort of alt-right rant and mm. And like, I agree that it does, but at the same time, I can't help but wonder if this might be, and I I suppose as well, like you'd have to see to what extent there's like a scientific consensus on this. There might be strong evidence to oppose it as well. I'm not sure, but um, you'd have to wonder to what extent this impacts uh, the, the sudden rise of wokeness. Uh, and <laughs> what what you might describe as over empathetic um, sort of like social movements. What did fucking Vice release like um, the wonderful new craze of tender boys? What the like fuck that. is a tender boy? <laughs> oh fuck! I'm gonna try and find the article right now because it's just so worth it. Yeah, I- um, I've heard of soft boys. Boy Vice. Yeah, I think it's like the same thing. Soft boys and or tender. Tender queer, yeah, tender queer and soft boys. Yeah, good. Um, you know, which is like highly androgynous. Uh, yeah, I don't know, just yeah. fucking people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like the mind wanders there, I guess, as well, uh, and makes you wonder about how much that might influence, um, you know, the uh, some communities. Yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna paint a little picture here for you, man. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna maybe you know ask you a question and and illustrate something to provoke a response. So, like, mm. if you've been to, uh, let's say like a an establishment like a bar or a cafe, uh, I have that. Yeah. You you could describe as like a, a liberal or progressive hub in your city, typically like a you know, a trendy sort of like modern hipster cocktail bar or like a specialty coffee cafe or something. You look yeah. around you and, you know, like it requires you to make an assumption, but you can safely assume that the majority of the people there probably have pretty progressive political ideas and 
would be sympathetic to, you know, um, sort of critical race theory and all that kind of shit. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and you look around and you're like, you, you don't see any builders or concreters or, uh, or cops there, do you? You don't see any people who are typically masculine. You don't see no. MMA fighters um, or bodybuilders or people who you would uh, you could assume have high levels of testosterone or at least we associate with having like high levels of testosterone or masculinity. Um, yeah. Like you go to um, like an environmental rally, like the majority of the males there are, are people who don't appear on the surface to be extremely masculine. Um, and I mean, like I'm probably included amongst them. Um, I, I'm not yeah. out swinging my dick at rocks and smashing them um, or <laughs> assaulting people. But, um, assaulting, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, fair enough. Not anymore, yeah. at least. <laughs> um, and, I mean, yeah, I, I, I wonder, dude. I, I feel, you know what's fucked up? I feel guilty That's even the, pondering yeah. this out loud, like asking the question just for the sake of prompting discussion is making me feel like I'm doing something wrong, which is so horrible. Well, I mean, it, it really shouldn't be that contentious to suggest that um, the rise of infertility and lower test levels might have something to do with an increase of, um, you know, awareness around the trans, like specifically male to female community. I mean, that is like, that is fascinating. That would be a really interesting study mm. to be done. And I can't imagine that even being contentious. You know, why would it be? It's like... Is there a chemical reason for this? Mm. Yes, no. I mean, if you're taking the idea that um, some people are born different, a different gender at birth, um, then this whole GQ article would suggest, yes, they are, and at an increasing rate, mm. you know? And it's a chemical thing from these, uh, from our plastics manufacturing. And no one's going to weigh, I'm not going to weigh in on like whether that's good or bad. It's just whatever. Yeah. But it's just a fucking fascinating response. I think what you're getting at is also interesting. Is there like a, uh, what, what's the crossover between test levels and um, political ideology? Yeah, because I mean, I, and I, fuck, I'm not a scientist or a biologist. So like, I'd love for someone to, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I was under the um, the impression that, you know, like higher levels of estrogen lead to sort of a greater prevalence of traditionally female traits. And one of those is like obviously empathy. Uh, another one is like mm. maternal instinct. So the the sort of like uh, inclination to, to care more about those around you and togetherness. Um, and that's a great part of what is at the, the heart of a lot of progressive ideology at the moment um hmm. and i mean the the uh, what's the fucking word i'm looking for here the correlation is not hard to uh to spot there hmm. yeah i still feel like it would upset a lot of people though oh fuck whatever hmm. everything does you know <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah you're not gonna please all sides um it's like Something that totally merits more research, though, because as far as I understand it, the consensus around it is pretty fucking un, you know, deniable. Um, 
there's some pretty outspoken people who are trying to raise awareness of it, but a lot of them kind of get shot down, I think, for being, uh, you know, right of center, to put it mildly. Mm, that's, um, but, that's crazy because this is, like you said, it's something that could potentially be an existential risk if fertility levels are falling. Um, and well, it, it's associated with gnarly shit, man, as well. Like, uh, so the, sorry to interrupt you, but the article is like very specifically mentions that, um, poor semen quality has higher mortality rates, diabetes, cancer, cardio and cardiovascular levels. Right. So, yeah, true. You know, that's generally not good stuff. No, uh, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> but to, to think that perhaps there are people that are trying to raise the alarm bell and are being shot down for being, you know, right of center or for having potentially contentious views is, is so um, just appropriate for the, the sort of like academic climate that exists at currently. It sounds like something out of know, the fucking right? textbook. Um, yeah. The, the, when you, oh, it sounds like something out of some weird novel. Yeah, yeah, when you read about, you know, like a university cancel culture, like Jordan Peterson, for example. Um, yeah. By the way, did you hear about the staff at Penguin trying to make the company boycott publishing his like his upcoming book or something like that yeah i think some of them said that they're having like mental health issues over yeah, it, or something. They, they were, yeah it was like uh yeah <laughs> detrimental to their well-being like, <laughs> fuck oh that sucks for them eh? yeah. <laughs> imagine being that fucking flimsy dude yeah man yeah. have you ever read a book that um was bad for your mental well-being uh, oh. not in the short term <laughs> yeah um i can't think of anything i've read that has like significantly damaged my mental health or even mildly damaged my mental health no i don't think know? i have either i think i've seen movies that have done that though right yeah yeah i think like i have yeah yeah threads made me pretty depressed yeah. um requiem for a dream fucked me <clears throat> um yeah um i saw cannibal holocaust uh, a few weeks ago, which has left me pretty fucking not stoked. At. Is that a movie? Um, yeah, man, it's a movie about uh, cannibals. Uh, it was this like fascinating 1980s, 1970s. Fuck, it might have been 1960s. Hold on, I'll just I'll bring that up. Um, but it, yeah, <clears throat> hold on. It's a 1980s Italian movie where the director um, it was like really controversial because the director got put on a murder trial for it. Yeah, right. Because um, he, everyone thought that he'd killed the actors involved with it. Oh, I, um, I think maybe you briefly mentioned this to me. Um, it's something yeah, like the, we used some of the, the violence was too real episodes. or something. Yeah, it's pretty fucking gnarly. I watched it and I legit was like, um, I can totally see. And this is a movie from the 1980s. It's low budget. But I could totally fucking see where they were going. Where I was like, parts of it, I was like, yeah, that I legit just feel like I'm kind of watching snuff, you know. Um, that's great murder films I, i'd like to see that it's check it out it's fucking horrendous though man like there's some pretty brutal scenes in it there's one where they eat a sea tortoise um and and like there's a couple things where they actually kill animals uh as part of the film oh jesus they, that's rough they, well it's rough man and i had a weird reaction to it and again i'm sorry to derail from like maleness but you know i don't know maybe it's tangentially related but um there's these like parts of it where they, 
where they kill and eat the animals and they film the whole thing. And I was watching it and I was like, oh, that's so horrible. Oh, like, you know, how, how brutish and what, what an awful film. I should turn it off now. And then I kind of caught myself out and I was like, shut the fuck up. You eat meat all the time, you stupid asshole. Like, you know, just because you don't want to watch it fucking watch the actual process happen and someone like kill, cook and eat an animal um, and the brutishness of it. Mm. It, it was actually, I thought it was like this extremely powerful um you know, uh, cinematic tool mm-hmm. to show you the process that's involved. It'd be like, if you like actually got to watch, you know, the Uyghurs, um, assemble an iPhone, I'm sure iPhone assemble, uh, sales would drop pretty dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're suddenly exposed to like the actual production process Dude, involved. Imagine the, the reaction if like a video leaked actually showing that and like how much Apple would fucking shit themselves. Oh, stock price would fucking plummet man it would just be it'd be yeah it'd be good it'd be so fucking good yeah it would be outstanding yeah um i uh speaking of meat um one thing i (laughs) as much as i hate mark zuckerberg one thing that i heard about him that i think is kind of dope is that he went through a phase of like (laughs) only eating meat that from animals that he killed with his own hands um, <laughs> that's so fucking good yeah which i think is yeah, pretty sick well. like yeah i don't reckon he killed them though man i think he dissected them eh? yeah uh, and just like ate their fucking dicks and pussies <laughs> yeah and just hung the whole fucking thing on a wall yeah and... yeah like for for the listeners i i don't like broadcast this but like i'm personally vegetarian so like i you know prefer not to eat animals um like Sometimes I avoid dairy products as well. Um, so I kind of appreciate when carnivores or sorry, omnivores rather take measures like that to sort of, I guess, like ethically challenge themselves a little bit. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Mm. Um, yeah, I, you know, I noticed a weird amount because after watching Cannibal Holocaust, I was kind of fucked and I was like, oh, God, it was one of those movies you see and you're just like, that's so brutal. Like, I must know more about it. And there was a weird amount of vegan support for the film um off the basis of it just being so brutal about like how the you know animals are actually killed and eaten Mm. um and it was like yeah because it's fucking shocking man you know as well as humans being killed and eaten but it's probably less of a contentious issue nowadays um (laughs) yeah there's (laughs) not many uh pro human eaters out there in the world do you think there are more or less cannibals alive now than there were a hundred years ago? Um, I don't know, man. Um, I kind of feel like there's probably a weird scene about it. I definitely have heard some rumors of that sort of thing going on in Christchurch. Really? Um, of people. Yeah. Yeah. In, in like the S and M scene, but, um, not that I'm in the S and M scene. I've just like heard rumors yeah, yeah, of yeah. rumors of rumors. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> so um, everybody knows, it's not not my fucking uh, coffee club. So because but, we're in the business of peddling rumors now, um, <laughs> it seems like it. What are these rumors like? Oh uh, well, that uh, people getting like you know, it, it's like a consensual thing where people have been like whipped and and cut, and yeah, then yeah. Someone like eats the flesh, but you know that's all that's all hearsay, and and there's no basis beyond sort of like uh, drunken. 12 beer deep fucking yeah, whispers. Bullshit so, conversation. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't take it. But I 
the thing I've always thought is that if the rumor is out there, uh, there might be elements of truth behind it. So it's one of those things I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I there's the, uh... fucking 100% believe that there's probably cannibals in New Zealand right now, without a doubt. They're not, you know, cannibal Holocaust style fucking chaining people to pikes and cutting their heads off yeah, and yeah, their flesh. Yeah. They're probably just like S&M freaks that cut little bits of meat off and eat it and they get off on it. Yeah. You know, and everybody comes and has a good time. Or so. maybe get like um, some like dehydrated flesh sent in the post from like the dark web or something. Is that a market? That'd be fucking interesting. I mean, I'd imagine there would be. Why wouldn't there be? I don't know. I, what do you think that does for test levels? Eating human flesh. Uh, that's a great question. It probably depends on the diet of the person you're eating. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> if you could track down like a uh, like a, a goat herder from like the Mongolian steppes, it would probably be great for your testosterone. But if you were eating yeah. some like waif from Brooklyn... <laughs> Then, like, it would just turn you into a woman immediately, probably. <laughs> that's one of the things that's horrifying about the, um, again, sorry, trying to jump back. No, I, I love this fucking topic. Don't worry. Um, is the, there's what they call uh, inheritance. So if you are an effeminate male, you're more likely to pass down these, like, feminine traits to your, um, to your son. Yeah, right. Or your daughter. Mm -hmm. Although if you pass it down to your daughter, it doesn't matter. So, you know, like woman becoming more like estrogeny uh, doesn't have much of an effect. Um, there must be like a cap level or something. But, you know, obviously it has like a much bigger impact on men. It's so horrifying to me, man, because it's like not, not something that you can really do. And it's made me really look at like what I'm eating and just everything I looked at. I was like, well, this is fucking plastic and that's plastic. And, you know, that's got shitloads of soy in it. Mm. Um, and just like. All of it, I'm like, ah, fuck, there's, like, very little shit here that I can eat that isn't kind of covered in fucking plastic, um, which is, as far as I understand it, like, the bulk of where this, uh, you know, these um, endocrine whatevers come from. Yeah, we're at a pretty dark spot in terms of food supply and food security, man. Like, the, every yep. every level of the supply chain and, like, ecosystem is just tarnished and poisoned essentially um mm. like there are studies and this is partly unrelated but you know that like there are microplastics found in the guts of like every fish that we catch from the ocean or whatever um yeah like basically every living thing now just has like plastic inside its body um which mm. is fucking mental like i don't know what the long-term impacts of that are but they can't be good um I would actually... Less men. Well, yeah. Do you think... <laughs> I reckon... Here's this for a wild theory, dude. Do you think that, like, the uh, the evolution of our species is converging towards just a single gender species that reproduces like a fucking seahorse or some shit? And, like, it <laughs> impregnates itself? Hot. Like the fucking aliens that we have, like, no, like, uh, features or genitals. We're just, like, this uh, uniform mass. What alien are you referring to? Like, are you talking about Alien the movie? No, like the no. Xenomorph, are you talking, like, the greys? The greys, like yeah. Fucking... Oh, okay, the greys. Um, alien the movie type alien, converging to that would be fucking badass. But I, I feel like that would take probably... Know, a lot a of testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to the point that you're so fucking tested out that your blood turns into acid. Um, 
Yeah, I, uh, I, it's interesting, right? So they're talking about the fact that men are going to have to start freezing their sperm and putting that into sperm banks, and, and that's going to be a potential way to offset it. There's also been a lot of talk that the coronavirus vaccine is potentially going to cause infertility. Oh, so fucking great. That's just men. what we need. Yeah, man. That's... So they're encouraging men to go freeze their sperm. Um, Jesus Christ. Because they're not sure exactly how it's going to affect it. I, it's one of those things you just think, oh. like, fuck this. Like, yeah, this I'm whole fucking thing sucks dick, man. <laughs> like, um, I, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I've been pretty firmly in the camp of, like, yeah, I'll probably get the vaccine eventually after everyone else who needs it more than me gets it. Just because, you know, I want to yep. do my bit to have a world that we can travel freely in and shit. But, like, the more time passes, the more things like this just randomly pop up in my field of vision or in, in my thought process. And I'm just like, well, yeah, like, fuck, I don't know. I don't want to take some <laughs> shit that kills all my fucking sperm. I would rather take the drugs that Trump has um, than take the fucking vaccine and get coronavirus. I would rather that be the option where it's just like, dude, just pump me full of that fucking Regeneron. Yeah, give me that Regeneron, which, by the way, has fucking continued to just perform so poorly, like in terms of its stock price. (laughs) Just so depressing. They aligned with the wrong guy, you know? Yeah. And so that's that's the problem. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... Are we going to converge to like a single? Maybe. Um, we're kind of converging to this weird, like, like I, I feel like uh, there's a fucking um, South Park episode where like people from the future come back. Have you seen it? And like, uh, they're sort of like this bald, fully mixed race. There's just, there's no race anymore. And every language is just amalgamated into this like guttural <laughs> speak. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, everybody right. just looks the same yeah i can see it man oh, i mean 100%. we're kind of getting there already right like i'm just i'm like a mix of all kinds of like when someone's like oh what race are you from it's like i could tell you like one or two places but in reality i'm just like a fucking gangbang of different um you know people that got together in a room and now i'm like the byproduct of it fuck yeah there was just like one person from each fucking continent and it was just disgusting mm. And it happened on an island somewhere, you know. So, yeah, why not? Just a colonial um, fuckstorm. Yeah, it's a colonial fuckstorm, and it's not getting better. Like, what, it's not a bad thing either, but, you know, it's just, it's going to keep happening. So, mm. I, th- I think that's probably where we're heading. But until we can fuck our genes up with CRISPR, right? So, yeah, true. You know, yeah. That'll probably change it. It'll be some weird mashup of like, uh, we'll probably enter just this horrid fucking caste society of people that have like had designer genomes um, to make them some weird like Sims character uh, that their parents wanted, and then there's everybody that couldn't afford that, and they're just like this fucking mashup of you know every uh, broken fucking gene. And they um they habitate the ground level. <laughs> <laughs> they live in like the uh, the undergrowth of the cities or whatever. Um, so yeah, we're just like on a lot of tangents here, but while I'm remembering, I actually was planning to mention this to you outside of the pod, but, um, um, there's this German company which is developing vertical farms in Singapore to grow greens, Mm. like, you know, lettuce and spinach and stuff. And, um, I had a thought that, uh, you know, maybe the two of us should start keeping our eyes on some vertical farming companies, um, as as some stock plays, 
Well, yeah, they're fucking fascinating. Mm. It's something that I've been really interested for a while because I was thinking during lockdown, theoretically, what would it take to have like a universal basic income for everyone? Um, You know, because it just seemed like as soon as you removed uh, 90% of the workforce, nothing really happened. You know, like (laughs) the veggies still came in and the meat still came in and primary workers, as long as they're working, we're all kind of all good. The internet was on and the power was on and it was fantastic and yeah, nothing happened. So with food and shelter taken care of, you know, if you can have like a micro farm that's big enough in like a small house, it's almost like you've got kind of this base level of uh, living that Mm. everyone can enjoy. So it's fascinating. The whole thing is fucking fascinating. I would love to look at it. Um, The reason that they this news story sort of like emerged is because like Singapore has decided to start taking moves to try and ensure greater food security post lockdown as well. Um, Because obviously like Singapore is like an almost completely urbanized island state. um, And they're trying to figure out ways that they can, yeah, basically um, produce more food locally. So like vertical farming is obviously a, a no brainer solution, but it's yeah, and it could be the new solar panels. Well, yeah, you know? I I think you may be onto something there, dude. But anyway, that's probably a conversation for another day. And where this <laughs> this is an end of your tangent special there. So yeah, yeah, we're just we're... getting it all out, getting you ready for twenty twenty one. If you want to listen to yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. Maybe um twenty twenty one the theme for modern guilt can be like uh like a halting the dystopia. <laughs> Um, we like <laughs> push up against it and figure out ways to turn it around. So every every episode is like a um, really optimistic technology story. But uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't... we're making money from the dystopia. This fucking yeah, twenty twenty one, buddy. We're hitting the roaring twenties. There's the there's the dystopia, and then there's every way you can fucking profit off it. You know, you can have your own little vertical farm that can raise your test levels or lower them depending what your end goal is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i read an outstanding article um by this journalist named suki kim in the new yorker and suki kim is sort of just like conveniently placed to write this article because she has a relationship dating back a really long time to this guy called adrian hong um adrian hong is a uh, a person of south korean descent born in mexico so he was born to, yep. to South Koreans living in Mexico, um, who then went to the United States to study uh, at university or college and has since become a really sort of like prominent activist uh, or activist is probably even the wrong word, but actor um, in the fight against the North Korean government. So this journalist, Suki Kim, went to university with him in like the early 2000s and this guy, Adrian Hong, since then has just been engaged in various sort of undertakings to try and progress or advance the the fight against the regime but mm. like his his sort of activities have recently like crescendoed in this pretty like interesting story so we've talked like a little bit about north korea on the podcast in the past but mostly from just the, the standpoint of like curiosity and kind of asking questions around specific topics like we talked about the the abduction of kim jong-un's nephew um which actually ties into this story interestingly enough so i started to get like curious about like you know how much active resistance is there 
happening against the North Korean regime. Because um, obviously you you hear all of like the sort of horror stories about North Korea, but you don't hear much about like North Korean citizens trying to push back against it or or anything like that, which is just super rare because in most like authoritarian circumstances, like for example, you saw the Arab Spring, like eventually the the pressure cooker just gets too intense and shit boils over. But North Korea has just maintained the same like simmer for so long um, or not even that, you know, not even a simmer. Um, so anyway, that's how I kind of like got onto this story. Um, basically, this guy, Adrian Hong, um, over time has developed like policy think tanks and has engaged with like politicians and diplomats and academics and must just be like a really charismatic and smart dude because he's managed to just like sort of embed himself in like the kind of for lack of a better term like upper echelons of society like he's been there to like dinner with like george bush and his wife and shit and he's kind of just like widely regarded as i don't know just like a very like authoritative figure on just a schmooze yeah on like approaching north korea um yeah and he founded this organization called free joseon and joseon is like the one of the uh traditional or historic names for north korea um based on like this kingdom that existed in north korea many moons ago and free joseon is kind of in a sense like anonymous as in the uh internet organization anonymous um yeah bless you and in the sense that they're like they're decentralized like a lot of their activity is online um there are like Mm. physical chapters in different cities across the world but nobody knows all of the members nobody knows how many members there are apart from adrian hong yeah so like different estimates range from there being like 300 members to like 1500 members across like 50 different countries um and basically they're what they've done and they have a website that you can visit to to read about in like really crude format like what they're doing um they're trying to form a transition government so like in the same sense that like the taiwanese government still considers themselves the um chinese government but they're Mm. just in exile Free Joseon are trying to form like a North Korean government in exile and they're trying to establish a plan for a transition of power eventually. Um, And while they're doing that, they're in the meantime, they're also helping like high ranking North Korean um, elites or citizens defect. So Mm. they apparently have connections inside North Korea, but obviously they can't name anybody or provide details about that to protect the safety of those people in North Korea. But they, yeah, they essentially help smuggle people out. Um, They meet them on the Chinese side of the border and then help get them to either like Western countries where they can get asylum or back to South Korea. And there's this fucking really cool story. Like, you know how we were talking about this sort of world of, I don't know, like diplomacy and espionage when we were talking about Julian Assange? Yeah. And just like yeah, the yeah. kind of like the backdoor meetings and things that occur. Yeah. So in 2018, I think 2018 or 19, I can link to an article that can fact check this. There was um, a raid on the North Korean embassy in Madrid. Um, and the North Korean embassy is staffed by just like 
I don't know, like four to six guys and their families. They just like <laughs> live in Spain in like this shithole yeah. building. And um, <laughs> is it quite derelict? Or... Well, it's it's described as being on this like piece of land that has been like just undeveloped. So you know yeah. when you like drive around cities and you see like just like those open patches of like gravel and long grass where there's going to be like a huge construction project on it at some point. Yep. It's on like a piece of land like that. So it's just like, but the North Korean embassy is like in the middle of it. So it's just like open, <laughs> like really like exposed and just not like yeah. very opulent or anything. Um, so basically what happened is there, there were, um, this happened in the context of the last round of nuclear negotiations between North Korea and the United States. And there's speculation as to whether or not the CIA is involved in this or not. I mean, they probably are in some sense. But basically, these fucking members of Free Joseon, so either like South Koreans who are trying to liberate the North or North Koreans who have defected, fucking raided an embassy, dude. Like, the balls on them is outstanding. So, like... That's fucking... Gnarly. Yeah, that's, man. That's, yeah, that's really intense. So, like... Dressed in all black with like balaclavas, they went in um, like armed with weapons like bats and then like um, fake assault rifles and shit. And uh, Adrian Hong went in there under like a pseudonym and said that he was um, the head of like this investment firm that wanted to invest in North Korea. So he like went to the embassy to the front door and was like, hey, like I want to come in and basically just like pushed his way in. And then these guys just rushed in there and tied up all of the staff and their family and started, they like, there are videos online that they took from inside the embassy as well, where they like pull down the portraits of the North Korean leadership and just start smashing them on the floor and stuff. And they start raiding Jesus. like all of their computers and hard drives. Um, so it's like a full on like intelligence grab by this like completely like rogue group you know they're, they're not like government they anything on the hydros? well it's yet to be determined so right. um they one of the women who was a the wife of one of the uh diplomats who was working in the embassy jumped from the top floor window and managed to like escape and get attention so the fucking spanish police responded and arrived at the embassy while these guys were still inside um they knocked on the door and adrian hong put on uh, like a uh, North Korea, like a DPRK badge and responded to the door, like pretending to be North Korean and was just like, it's all good, no stress. And the police were just like, oh, okay, no worries. And just bounced. Yeah. Um, and then this group. This is a fucking movie, man. I know, dude. Fuck. It's fucking outstanding. <laughs> and um, yeah. then these um, members of Free Josie on all jumped in. They in like four different cars, drove to different airports, and then, yeah, fucking escaped. Mm. Um, and because these negotiations were happening at the same time over the North Korean nuclear program, um, they went to the CIA because Adrian Hong has connections with people at the CIA, um, like a sort of ongoing relationship, allegedly. Um, yep. And they agreed to hand over the hard drives and thumbsticks and shit for like a period of two weeks so that the CIA could get access that could potentially help them in the negotiations. But then the CIA like betrayed them and um, kept the hard drives and issued like an extradition warrant for Adrian Hong. So he's wanted in Spain. To North Korea? No, f f 
to Spain. Um, oh, right. Because okay. he, yeah. yeah um, Dude, fuck the CIA. Yeah, he, because That's he trespassed the, the embassy. Um, so he's, yeah. his, um, his lawyer has been told by North Korean diplomats that, or defectors rather, that North Korean agents have an instruction to just like kill him on site if he's found. Obviously in the United States, if he's found, he needs to be arrested and sent back to Spain where he would be charged and most likely sent to prison. So now this guy is like yep. in hiding in the US somewhere, but still running this like network of people. Um, and well, yeah, yeah, and this journalist, Suki Kim, managed to like meet up with him at this fucking restaurant in Times Square, like just in plain sight, <laughs> like some born identity shit and do this fucking, this piece on him, like interview him. And he still texts her and they're, they're in like regular contact. But so you might remember when we were talking about um, uh, yeah. Kim Il Sol, Kim Jong Un's nephew, mm. the guy that escorted him or who met him him at the airport in Taiwan, who was helping to arrange his asylum in the Netherlands, was this guy named Chris in air quotes. I don't know if that's his real name. <laughs> um, yeah. Who actually went there on the instruction of Adrian Hong? So they were the group responsible for trying to rescue Kim Il Sol, who then were like uh, intercepted and then obviously had to surrender him to the CIA where he's now in protective custody. Yeah. So it's really interesting if you if you go on the website um, for Free Josie on, they have published this video, which is sort of like, I guess, their, their like charter, um, which is all of their like demands of the North Korean government and all of their like principles that they're going to use moving forward to like when they hopefully uh, assume power and fill the vacuum once uh, the the regime collapses. And apparently they are like um, coordinating other like resistance activities inside the borders. But yeah, I thought it was fucking really interesting to just hear about like, imagine just actively participating in taking down a state. Like, if you and I were oh. just, like, in our day-to-day -day life, just casually undermining a government. Yeah, no, it makes me feel very unsuccessful. Um, that <laughs> That's fucking amazing. It's one of those things where it's just, it's so incredible to hear about the get-up-and-go of other people sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And you think, like, the amount of effort and dedication and work that that takes when the average Joe complains about driving to a restaurant to pick up their own food is just fucking incredible. Eh? Fucking A. You know? Like, like, man, fuck that's. I can't even imagine the amount of planning it must take to like storm an embassy. You know, like, ah. Oh. Well, what I find- And that aside, like, good on them. What uh, I find is really interesting as well is that like, this would all take a lot of money. Um, mm. So like they're being backed financially by actors of some, some description, whether that, like people have speculated that they were like a CIA proxy and that the, the Madrid yep. embassy raid was actually like a CIA operation um, mm. to get that information to assist in the nuclear negotiations. But um, like Free Joseon have denied that and then were later um, sort of backstabbed by the CIA, um, which still doesn't uh, rule out that connection, but it might suggest that that's not the case. It's all um, happening, hey, man. When you hear that, like, real spy shit actually happens. Yeah, dude. You know? Absolutely. Other people's lives are really interesting. Yeah, and and although the likes of Free Josion's actions at the moment don't seem to be 
are improving the lives of people in North Korea. Like, I think it's really encouraging that people are trying to do something because, like, mm. as is pretty well known, like, South Korea barely has any um, motivation to reunify the peninsula anymore. Like, the status quo is just too difficult to change. Um, obviously, like, the presence... Oh, it's like Israel and Palestine. Yeah, yeah like, obviously, the presence of nuclear weapons on the peninsula as well makes it nearly impossible. Um, and the majority of South Koreans now are so far detached in terms of, like, their familial connections that they don't fucking have any, um, any drive to support a reunification either. But um it's still so important from a humanitarian perspective and it, it's i'm really glad that there's some people somewhere are taking it into their own hands um even though they may not be moving the needle very far i, I just hope that you know this is the start of something smaller um who knows one bad file on a hard drive could bring the whole thing crashing down right i mean you think that um if there's a significant threat involved to american interests and that's uncovered um like they're not gonna fuck around you know <laughs> well i i i see where, where you're coming from but there is also like the china factor yeah what the, okay what uh what the fuck is the relationship between the two i don't understand what china is um ultimately looking for or uh, collaborating with north korea on like do, what do they have so um the short explanation is basically that uh, North Korea acts as China's attack dog, essentially. It's just like a, a rabid, shitty mutt that they keep on a chain that just, like, fucking barks and yaps at people as they walk past just to, like, <laughs> just to divert attention from China, largely. Yeah. And it it also acts as somewhat of a guarantor for China um, because they have, like, a, a sort of wild card. If, if North Korea... Um, was to just sort of like become a vacuum, then US strategic interests in the region improved drastically because North Korea is obviously the buffer between China and South Korea where US troops are positioned. Um, and also it means that like um, the US and its allies in the region can't act as decisively as they might otherwise because North Korea is so unhinged that it probably would shoot a, nu shoot a nuclear missile if its existence was threatened. Mm. um so that's so fucking terrifying yeah that is literally yeah. threats yeah so um, like you know that's a yeah fuck that shit so hard oh dude so that's the reason I'm that killing myself if that happens china like economically um like props up the north north korean regime um and provides most of their food and shit um yeah um but there's also a more low-key and less acknowledged relationship with russia man like a lot of russian um investment actually goes into north korea there's like a lot of mm. economic ties a lot of russian expats live in north korea what's the trade what are they trading that's what i don't understand i thought they're a closed nation you know like what, what are their exports and everything i think um well dude I, i'm speculating but i think possibly just like raw materials um mm. north korea also has like a a uh, a degrading but still uh operational like manufacturing industry so just like um mm. basic manufacturing so it might be yeah a flow of fucking <laughs> i don't know i don't know i'm um probably not equipped to answer but well who knows mm. right and that's the fascinating thing yeah is that th there's one sort of like simple truth it's not a truth as much as it is sort of like a um largely what, what is something that's like largely true 
but it's not true all the time but it's just kind of like a heuristic to live by uh anyway yeah, i believe I in the mutual term, benefit and um i believe that everything is largely done for the gain of the participants right mm -hmm. so yeah whatever's happening it must be beneficial to both countries otherwise it's yeah. like you, you don't really engage in things just because you you know you think it's a good idea like this uh pakistani fucking um you know uh gender studies military aid or whatever the fuck they're sending over <laughs> yeah there. yeah yeah like let's get real what that is it's most likely cultural imperialism to... yeah man yeah exactly yeah it's and I would like to see that curriculum, you know, like, what's that kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, I bet it isn't your professor's gender studies. I bet it's going to be something more like, um, destabilizing and used to ultimately serve the interests of American companies. Oh, absolutely. Because that's what they fucking do. Yeah. Right? 100%. So, I don't know. Yeah. The ties there are fascinating because you just, it's so like, what, what are they trading? Like what, Yeah. you know, what, what's the fucking economic tie? Um, and disturbing as well like it just it feels nefarious yeah. but maybe that's just me being like um uh suspicious and i don't want to say racist but i'm sure someone else will so. i think <laughs> when you consider the level of um like state integration with a lot of russia's largest companies you could almost speculate that there is no real tangible trade and it's essentially just like a, a money funnel um because mm. north korea from like a geopolitical sense also benefits russia um, yeah, because it, it just uh, adds another element of chaos to the region um, and sort of provides somewhat of a smokescreen for Russia. Um, and also there's like a, an underestimated uh, close tie between Russia and China in terms of their relationship. So And Syria, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Russia, China, Syria, Iran are, are pretty closely mm. tied, forming somewhat of a, an axis against what they see as, you know, the threat of the, the West, which I think is very real if you're one of those countries. Entirely credible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Another little, just while I'm on this this North Korean spiel, I'm, I'm basically just unloading all of this interesting shit that I came across. Um, currently, yeah. there are only two Westerners in North Korea, and they're both UN workers. Um, there were more Western expats inside of North Korea, um, mm. mostly working for NGOs and for the UN um, and other countries' diplomats, but they were all yep. um, evacuated when COVID struck. So can you imagine being one of two Westerners in North Korea right now? How fucking interesting oh, would that be, dude? That'd be fucking terrifying, man. I know, it'd dude. so nerve-wracking. Yeah. Like at any um, moment, they must the, have a good relationship you could have your fucking there, door kicked in. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be scary. Yeah, I, don't, I see. This is the other thing as well. Is like um, North Korea gets bad press all the time, and I don't like to think that everything is. You know, I there's there's no shortage of media spin that we've been fucking exposed to. Mm. So I would like to know more about the real North Korea beyond sort of what we're told on the surface. I've seen some videos of people who go there. Um, I had a friend that traveled there and uh, did some, you know, fucking, I'm in North Korea, yeah. um, travel <laughs> vlog. Woo. But I don't really gain anything from those. Yeah. Like they're not, they don't really tell me much about what it's like. Um, it would be really interesting to hear some, you, you're never going to get it, but less biased bullshit around what they're actually up to mm, well uh, and and how bad truly are they are they maybe they're just an incompetent regime that can't feed their people right or are they truly um you know this like 
1984 style, uh, you know, state that's enslaving its um, population. I did come close to finding an interesting source. Um, there's uh, a vlog on YouTube uh, called Echo of Truth, and it's yeah. it's published by this sort of like young, somewhat metropolitan-looking North Korean woman. She's kind of like pretty and speaks good English. Um, or sorry, speaks English well. I always fucking do that. I say speaks good English, not forgetting that, not? that that's uh, that's incorrect. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Good <laughs> good English is not a sentence that makes sense, apparently, according oh, to... Oh, fuck, fuck the elites. Um, no, it speaks good English. Yeah. No, nah, um, I'm going with it. We're so, it. because she speaks such good English and she has access to the internet, you can yeah. make the assumption that she belongs to a sort of protected, wealthy elite class. Um, but it's interesting because you have to ask the question whether she is um, publishing this material as like a coded version of the truth or if it is yeah. state-sanctioned propaganda because the videos are weirdly unsubstantial. Like um, one of the videos is titled something like a uh, woman I meet in Pyongyang. And she walks around and just talks to women in Pyongyang who are just like mm. at their fruit stall and are like, hi, my name is X and I'm selling fruit. It's the weather is nice. And then it just cuts to like another woman in Pyongyang and they're just talking. And I oh, mean, I can't wait to fucking watch this. Yeah, I, I have it like all loaded up. It's really yet. great. Um, another, yeah. another example is like a, a post covid outbreak summary of the sort of like status of pyongyang at the moment and she's sort of saying like now that the covid outbreak is finished in north korea life is largely back to normal if you walk around except for the masks everything is nice um and it's talk about they show footage of the grocery store and she's like the people now are able to go grocery shopping and find all of the products of which there is a great selection um so like that comes across as propaganda because it's like well yeah look at the grocery stores in north korea they're so well stocked but i also wonder if this individual just understands that if her material is going to be allowed to be published and disseminated that it does need to fall in line with the sort of nature of propaganda but it allows westerners and other people to read between the lines yeah um so well, also if we removed north korea from what you're telling me and inserted some other country, you'd be describing someone who's making a crappy YouTube channel that is fucking abundant across every single country. So if we take what she's saying at face value, then maybe life isn't so bad there. I don't know. Maybe it is. Who knows? I'm not saying one way or the yeah. other. There's a lot of evidence saying the other way. But also, if I was challenging my own entrenched ideas, um, then I would suspect that maybe things aren't so bad and then the, the fucking common thing that you would come up against everything that she's telling you would be like well that's just propaganda and that kind of seems like an easy out a lot of the time yeah you know, you know when like you get too deep on a fucking conspiracy theory and it's like all of a sudden every second post is uh melvin capital fucking uh you know conspirator to mm -hmm. Uh, bring down the price of GameStop. Yeah, it's an yeah. easy way to challenge, like to kind of dismiss everything that um, everything that you believe in. And for a more relevant example, um, you know, every time something comes up, if you can dismiss it with your one line, like, "Well, that's just propaganda." Well, that's just propaganda. You know, then I don't know if it makes as a convincing argument that things are 
uh, not there, but maybe this is probably. Yeah, I, I, I think. Does that my, my point make sense there? I, it I, does. It <laughs> totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Because like ultimately, the the interest of the West is to have everybody believe that North Korea is a propaganda machine that uh, fabricates all positive news that comes from it, um, because it needs to be you know diametrically opposed to Western interests for the Western narrative to be correct. Um, but one of the reasons that I do think that North Korea is largely decimated is I went on Google Maps and I I was scrolling around um, and just clicking on like the towns and cities that weren't Pyongyang, trying to find some of like the smaller towns that there were still um, user uploaded photos of. And some of these places are pretty rough, dude. Like you can, you can see that... Um, because I think all of the user uploaded photos are mostly from people who have done the government sanctioned tours there. So you get shown around like the dedicated tourist sites or the parts of the towns that are like aesthetically pleasing or where there are like monuments mm. to the regime. But you see like the, um, the sort of like urban landscape in the background of some of these images and the buildings are just fucking decrepit. Like the, the ground looks barren. Um, I, I think it, it lines up pretty well with a country whose infrastructure has completely collapsed. Yeah. It's, it's yep, grim. Fair enough. Um, I also, on that note, yeah. not to be overly combative. That's okay. Uh, and you know, I, I, I fully fucking believe what you're saying, but I also would be interested if people looked outside of Auckland, Wellington, Dunedin, Timaru, Hamilton mm -hmm. in New Zealand, Tauranga, a couple other places, and you look at the bulk of small town New Zealand, you would think we live in the fucking, like, and we're just some, like, third world nation, man. Like, our small towns are horrendous. You, you drive from fucking here down to Dunedin, um, and for US listeners, that's, like, a significant portion of our South Island. And every other town is kind of like some crappy, boarded up houses that look, you know, like they've been abandoned for multi-decades. And a dairy uh, or a corner store for you Yanks. And, uh, you know, it's just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. a shitty gas station. No, that, you know what I mean? that makes um, sense. Um, but, what... but also, yeah, dude, I totally believe it. I'm just yeah. trying to fucking throw these thoughts around. Yeah. In my head. What I'm describing, um, uh, you know, when I say smaller towns and cities still pretty large. So like the population yep. of, North, of North Korea, I think is around 23 million. Um, if I'm going to actually fact check that right now, oh, wow. okay. um, because yeah, yeah. I want to make sure I get that right. Um, it's also annoying how fucking shitty the media environment is that you end up having all these suspicions about yeah. every single, you know, popular narrative. Yeah. So um, the population is 25.5 million. Yeah. So wow. some of these cities that I'm describing are cities that are like, you know, have like high rises and huge apartment blocks and stuff that were once, major cities in North Korea and you can see that we're obviously built on the back of a lot of money um, at like the, the height of the Cold War era so uh, uh, by no means like these backwater unvisited towns or like small okay. <laughs> small country tra like um, yeah. sort of shitholes um, I mean mm. so they're, they're major cities inhabited by a lot of people that are just falling apart yeah. and yeah, I um, Fascinating, yeah. I read another yeah. article, a journal article about um, like the the common elements 
that contribute towards uh, uprisings in authoritarian regimes, which compares um, different classes of society across um, different like regimes and how they've responded to like greater or lesser authoritarian control. And they describe like the state of the working class in North Korea across time, because typically uh, the labor movement has been a really popular or important segment of uh, social upheaval against authoritarian regimes. Um, yeah. And even in the West, the labor movement is obviously has been historically very powerful. It describes um, the way that the regime sort of has has managed or handled the labor class um, throughout history, and you get um, you get a picture of of people who are just shuffled about because there's nothing else for them to do. So like I I can't remember the specific examples of segments of industry now, but I'll, I'll link this article. It's like enough time passes since the Soviet Union collapses that. Um, industry X can't run anymore. So the 20,000 people employed in this industry now have to just go and work on a farm or like fucking chop wood or whatever. And they're just coerced into doing that. Like it's a completely like micromanaged labor force. And it, it's it essentially like sort of, you know, labor camp style management of the population, which again yep. is a pretty grim sign, I think. It is, eh? And... This is pretty fucking fascinating that that happens, though. Um, but in a weird way, I guess at least they're being redeployed, whereas we just kind of let our fucking labor force, we just, like, shuffle it under the rug and just ignore it and call them dull bludgers um, and tell them to go learn to code. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, on a side note, how fucking weird it is that the bulk of people are just some sort of, like, expendable input to a... Uh, a machine that outputs crap yeah totally yeah you can just take it and then toss it aside and be like oh yeah you're not necessary anymore mm. you know, just go away yeah shut up go dig holes yeah 100 percent. speaking of men tossed aside not men tossed aside people tossed <laughs> yeah. aside. uh there's this other article that i came across that i was going to bring up um my one of my friends uh sent it to me and um obviously i don't think read the actual article and thought that took it literally so the, the uh literal title of the article is china incorporated will recycle used white guys <laughs> <laughs> uh it's like like he's like can you believe it you're gonna be eating white dudes and i was like Fuck oh yeah me. um it's what you get for hanging out on discord but uh so upon actually reading the article um, which is like a Reuters article. It's actually what's happening is China has decided to take um, white men that were otherwise cast aside, specifically old white guys. Wow. And that's a very specific thing. It's not mm. just anyone else. It's not like anyone but old white dudes and uh, employ them in their own industries. So they're trying to make their ranks more ethnically representative but mainly they're just after like experienced white guys who are older, uh, who have like lots of industry knowledge. Wow. Um, and they're making this big recruitment drive to try and capture some of that like uh, knowledge that's been accrued over the generations, mm. where especially where these people are being sort of like tossed aside in the labor force because they're A, old and B, white. Um, 
<laughs> Isn't that fucking fascinating? So uh, the article talks about how U.S. companies are like tossing aside old white guys in favor for um, younger, more diverse, uh, mm-hmm. you know, employment makeups. Yeah. Um, and this is presenting like a big opportunity for anyone that's essentially, you know, wants to try and grab some of that that knowledge. Oh, uh, dude, it's so amazing. Like the, the It's just one of those things. Yeah. It's amazing like the devastating efficiency of the Chinese machine, hey. Like, well, they, good on them. I know. It, it it's like... so impressive. That's so that's so smart. Like it, it's just Yeah. It's like if you take the position of the West, it's like demoralizing how smart that is for China it's, to be yeah, doing. Yeah, well, I can't help but think... It's a jiu-jitsu move, the dude. the fuck is behind all of these, like, big Twitter accounts posting about fucking, you know, diversity in the workplace and shit? When Goldman Sachs and the NASDAQ are coming out and saying that they don't want to invest in any companies that um, don't have, like, a... Uh, it's like at least one woman on the board or, um, you know, some sort of like measure of equal employment. Yeah. And then you see an article like this hit the fucking headlines and you just think like, dude, this is just either, uh, white men, old white guys are getting cast aside and China's seeing the opportunity or, um, and there's probably a bunch of different things that could be happening here. Or there's this like sneaky fucking push to push more diversity on the West while they just like capture all of this like disenfranchised but incredibly knowledgeable fucking um labor force to then pursue like chinese uh domination I but get th- on them anyway i um, think I both of those things for... are happening dude <laughs> absolutely like yeah. um well i mean they're definitely taking advantage of the situation yeah 100 yeah. percent. it's it's yeah. outstanding I mean, the the level of sophistication that i think like china is is displaying in how they handle the west well they have a healthy respect for their elders as well we don't we we fucking hate old people that's a good west, point you know? yeah i mean yeah, can it's you ridiculous the way old people are like... treated here <laughs> i don't know man i have some good beers with some old no old no like, what I... I mean is just like the our society is at the point that it's at now because of like boomer mentality um Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's definite, like, um, benefits that they got that other people didn't. But I think a lot of that is kind of bullshit as well. You know, like, it's just sort of um, youthful hoo-ha and, and whatnot. Um, I, there's, like, obvious benefits that the boomer generation got over other generations. But also, um, that was the place that the world was at at that time. Yeah, I mean, it's completely you know, Would it have made a difference if it was millennials? Like, it's different. The, the economic differences are vast you know like we're not in a boom time anymore and there isn't as many advantages that are being taken up mm. we're in a time of squeeze and greater scarcity yeah. so yeah it sucks for us i i don't think that boomers are necessarily um entirely uh you know complicit in taking advantage of what had happened during mm. the period that they were alive and also, the world is a very efficient place. If you can make money by going to university and come out and be significantly better off, um, more people are going to do that. And over time, that advantage erodes. It's just like the stock market, right? Like the moment that information becomes widely accessible, um, a stock sort of reaches its more uh, the correct price that it's meant to be at, theoretically. Yeah, yeah. But that definitely happens. So universities are less valuable now. Yeah. That's I- what happens. Everybody fucking went to uni. 
because it worked at one point in time. I think I think you're right about that. Um, I think that like boomers were obviously just um, and their behavior was the result of circumstance and their environment. And like most people should obviously take what they are given and entitled. And but I, I think where the resentment comes from, which I think is actually justified, is the um, the present day lack of a will to try and like redistribute wealth at all and the the clinging to power um and and money mm. from that generation now uh, which i think is true like, is pretty rough because i i understand like i understand and agree with all of the argument that you just made but to be yep. the um beneficiary of those circumstances and then to later see the rest of the world struggling um while you continue to benefit from the circumstances that you were lucky enough to be exposed to, I think is where the just the justified frustration comes from. I agree with you. Um, although in New Zealand, we don't have a boomer parliament. We have a very young uh, government here mm. and they are fucking lazy and not doing anything about the housing crisis. You know, they just don't care. So well, they'll you come and I and have talked have... about this in the past though. And w I think we both wondered though, if the market allows for much to be done in response to the housing oh, crisis. Oh, actually, yeah, true. So let me take that back. But it, it's more the hand wringing and, and everything that is, um, I think, kind of lame. That mm. it's like, oh, we really want to do something, and and we're uh, we're gonna, you know, we feel really bad about it. But there, there's no actual action there, as opposed to just coming out and being like, well, there's nothing we can do, or we're gonna have to deregulate and try and, you know, increase the amount of housing, or we're going to make very specific requirements on who and who cannot buy a home, or you know, do anything like that so i also don't think that it's in new zealand at the very least it's like not entirely a uh you know boomer run government that's withholding um the latter mm. from other people yeah and and also man the latter that existed back then doesn't yeah. exist now like, like, that's it's i see I, I definitely hear what you're saying um i also think that it's an institutional issue where there's still this narrative being shilled that you just go to uni get a degree and then you're going to be better off whereas that doesn't exist anymore it's like it's fucking entirely eroded you know and nowadays you have to be uh a little more savvy to like niche opportunity that will present itself as opposed to just kind of blindly going and like doing what your parents did yeah and, flopping you know, around in the cbd of x major city yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, um, you know, here you go, young man, your ticket to success. Like, that doesn't exist. Mm. So, and, and I don't fucking really know what, if there is a universal solution. Like, back in the day, it was kind of like, hey, we're all getting rich, going to university and becoming part of the knowledge economy, which was, you know, you go work at a factory and uh, work in some sort of, you know, telling factory workers what to do or some shit. But we were actually making shit back then. We don't make shit anymore. So, mm. you know, now it's just like legions of accountants and lawyers <laughs> fucking offering their services <laughs> to one another. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. The yeah. idea of legions um, of accountants is... Uh... So fucking good on China for uh, grabbing them all up. There was a lot of arrogance from the technology sector um, to cast aside these workers because they were too old. Like Mark Zuckerberg famously stated 
um, in the early days of Facebook that he didn't want anybody working there who was like over 30 or over 35 or something like that. Yeah, right. Um, that is extremely arrogant. How could you dispel a, a lifetime of the accumulation of knowledge? That makes no sense. Oh, it's fucking absurd. One word. Yeah. Boomers. Yeah. <laughs> you um, know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, on that I, note, let's wrap up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds um, good. Respect your elders and respect knowledge, but don't respect them too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to challenge them. They're, yeah. they're, they still are old, yeah. old fogies. But, um, yeah. yeah, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, this was episode 28. Uh, like we mentioned at the front of this episode, if you want to subscribe to support us on Patreon for five US dollars per month, you can do that. Um, in exchange for some bonus material that we're going to put an equal amount of our heart and souls into. And what's even better is that if you are a subscriber and there's something specific that you think would be interesting for us to talk about on the podcast, or if uh, basically you have any suggestion or request, feel free to make it. And then if we um, think that it will make for interesting content, then we'll basically tailor an episode to that idea, which... Yeah. Um, as a listener, I would want to do. So yeah, exactly. You don't have to. 100%. Um, and feel free to contribute your own thoughts and stuff as well that we can we can drop mm. in to the pod to help um, provoke the dialogue or conversation. Anyway, um, please share us with your friends and family. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, like, follow, favorite, all that shit. Or send abusive messages. Yes. Either one. Um, they're all welcome. It's an emotional involvement that we're after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any sort of emotional investment and we'll be satisfied. So um, hit us yeah. up on Instagram, as per usual, at modernguiltpod. Email us, modernguiltpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, guilt underscore modern. And I think that's it. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, happy Sounds New nice Year time. and uh, take care. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, happy New Year. <laughs> Peace. Bye. Peace.